0: Hi, and welcome to the Small Business Sisters podcast. If you're new here, we're Jenny and Christina, two actual real life sisters who both happen to start their own small businesses.
1: If you're here, you're probably a woman small business owner who is running a lot of the show by herself. Over the last eight years we've each been in business, we've had to discover a lot of business owning on the fly. We know that running a business, a household, and maintaining mental health can be challenging because we've shed a lot of tears over it. Thankfully, we've always had each other to ask all the questions, bounce off all the ideas, and just have someone on the other end who gets it. And that's why we're here. That's
0: why we started this podcast, to help other small business owners who are doing it all feel less alone. We talk about business strategy, our mental health journey, and all that falls in between. We're glad you're here to join our sisterhood. Running a small business can be lonely and overwhelming, but it doesn't have to be. How much time would you save and how much stress could you alleviate if you had someone to help you create a marketing action plan that's aligned with your goals and your communication strengths? What would it feel like to have time set aside to strategize, organize, and brainstorm for your business only? That's exactly why Miranda Rodriguez from Marketing for the Uninhibited is
1: hosting her Big Ass Goals workshop at the end of the month. The Big Ass Goals Workshop is happening on Thursday, January 26th at 6 p.m. Central Time on Zoom. In this 90-minute co-creation workshop, we'll create a plan of action that will get you one step closer to achieving that big goal every single day. If you've been waiting for the holiday selling season to end before creating a plan for 2023, now is the time. Tickets are $150 and here's what you'll get. 90-minute live workshop on Zoom, step-by-step plan for achieving that big goal, my four-week action plan framework, real-life client examples and how they got there, time to share and work through your ideas, digital workbook and calendar to keep you on track, an optional Q&A at the end, optional lightning hot seat round for real-time feedback, community of other business owners like you who are ready to level up. Space is limited. The maximum capacity for this workshop is only eight people. So hurry and click the link. It's going to be in our bio of our Instagram. And grab your seat to this workshop. I just did it in December, and it was really great to nail down specific goals that I want to put into my business in 2023.
0: And you can also visit our website, smallbusinesssisterspodcast.com, and follow the link there to sign up. You've heard us talk about Miranda from Marketing from the Uninhibited a lot in our podcast. Mm-hmm. And that's because Christine and I both have a personal experience in working with her. And she is a fantastic marketing coach. We like to refer to her more as like a business therapist mm-hmm. because that's kind of the experience uh, you get with her. I In all the years that I've worked with her, What has helped me the most is I kind of come to her with like all these jumbled up ideas and emotions as often we get because our business is so personally attached to us. And so she's able to be um, just like an unbiased perspective on your business, listening to all the things you're saying and kind of trying to pull out these ideas or goals you have and then creating tangible action plans and so that's Mm -hmm. what i think i i haven't done the one-on-one workshops like christina but i have been a coaching client and that was most helpful to me having those action plans each month of like all right here's what i think you should do to get to what you're saying you want to be so that's what i can highly recommend miranda is helping you get those tangible actions in place
1: Yes, and that's what the her workshop coming up at the end of January called Your Big Ass Goal Workshop. I took it back in December, and it's exactly what Jenny's talking about of really getting down – you know, it's so easy to say a big goal, but you, you can't necessarily put into action a big goal without those smaller steps underneath it. And so this workshop, she did a really good job of helping you discover um, – how do I word this? Like, you know – you have your business and then you have the things that you're really passionate about outside of your business and what makes you, you. And she does a really good job in this workshop, having you kind of figure out how can I use the gifts and passions that I have outside of my business to kind of fuel behind it, um, fuel a goal behind it. And so really getting down to what, what kind of makes your, what kind of makes you go, what, what, motivates you and pushes you? And then how can you apply that to do something really big in your business? And so that's what I loved about it. It really made you dissect that and see like, oh yeah, those don't have to be two separate things. I can really bring that in. And then of course, like Jenny's saying, is all about those action plans. Okay. So now that we've figured out how to combine your passion and your business together, how do we make an action plan to get you to that? that big goal. So it was really good. I highly suggest it. Tickets are $150. It's live on Zoom on January 26th at 6 p.m. Central Time. I know that if you can't make it live, you'll for sure be able to get to the recording, but there are some amazing bonuses of being live and a part of like, there was a ton of people when I was on it and we got to collaborate, which is really cool. Um, But tickets are $150 and here's what you'll get. 90-minute live workshop on Zoom, a step-by-step plan for achieving that big goal like I was just talking about, a four-week action plan framework from Miranda, real-life client examples and how they got there, time to share and work through your ideas, that collaboration part, um, a digital workbook and calendar to keep you on track, an optional Q&A, optional lightning hot seat round for real-time feedback that was really beneficial um, to get not only feedback from Miranda but the other business owners that were on there and then that, the community of other business just like you that are ready to level up and kind of, it was, I left feeling really encouraged and motivated to do that next step for my business. Space is limited. The maximum capacity for the workshop is only eight people. So jump over there and grab your seat quickly. To do that, you can click the link in our bio or go to our website com, and you'll find the link there. And this is a
0: great way if you're not ready to jump in in full-time coaching doing a workshop like this a one-off workshop is a great way to like test out the waters get some um, goals set and see what Miranda is like as a coach.
1: Hi, everybody. We are back today with part two of our period wellness episode with Carolyn. A Reminder that you can go follow her on Instagram at period wellness. Today, part two picks up with us talking about our four phases of our menstrual cycle. And then we finish with question and answers that you guys asked us over on Instagram. So I hope you find this episode helpful. I hope that this mini series. These two episodes have been empowering, have been, um, I don't know, that it's normalized something that might have brought you shame before or just provided insight on questions that you might have been afraid to ask anybody else. So we are grateful that you have been here these last two episodes. And just a quick reminder that some of this might not be okay for little ears, depending on where you're at with talking to your children about um, their bodies in general. So just a heads up again, that if you don't want to bring up this conversation with little ears, that you listen to this uh, in your office or in your car or in a space where little ears cannot hear you. So we hope you enjoyed this episode and we'll talk to you soon. I
0: okay, to your the phases thing, I, I find that so I fascinating that. because
1: I so probably,
0: I mean, it's, Jenny, it's ironic many, to me. I just texted
1: that to you and my <laughs> sister. We have a chat and I'm like all about that right now. So I keep sending them articles about it. Yes, I well, so it's so ironic to me that I didn't check
0: my period at all when I was having babies. Like no. knew nothing, none of that. I then when I was diagnosed with anxiety and a little bit of depression, that's when I started checking my cycle for so like 6 years now. And that it like it never fails that your body really does go through those four phases, and it like correlates with I'm feeling low, or I'm feeling high. I'm I'm, I'm going to have sex today, <laughs> like that, right. and then like oh I'm exhausted. I have to go easy on myself, and I feel like tracking that and knowing that helps you give yourself a lot of grace for when you are mm-hmm. in those lower moments. Because I think as women, mm-hmm. we can be really hard on ourselves to like push, push, push all the time, but to have like Even – I just have like a tiny bit of knowledge about it, not as much as you, but to know like, okay, this week, like that's totally natural for my hormones to have me feeling like I got to go easy on myself. I can't plan a Mm -hmm. lot of outgoing things. I need to just kind of go inward and relax. And I know that then next week I'm going to go high again and I can – you know, do those harder things or schedule more things. Mm-hmm. And so I find mm-hmm. that so fascinating,
1: the different and that's, phases. That That's so interesting you talk about that with your mental health yeah. issues because, uh, Carolyn, on the podcast, I'm very open that I struggle with eat, in and out of an eating disorder. And so I find the same thing, Jen. When I started realizing that your cycle does this, the way I view my body is different every week.
2: Yeah. Oh, that's and interesting.
1: It, cor- it correlates with those feelings where, and I, this This is probably TMI for a lot of people, but um, what the hell? <laughs> I th- The weeks where I'm like on a high, right? Like where you're like, oh my gosh, I love my body. I'll like actually like get out my camera and this is the only time that I allow myself to like look at my naked body. Yeah. And I'm like, today I really love my body and I need to like So like, and it's part of like my mental game, right? But that way, I can look even like two weeks from now and be like, oh yeah, I love my body. Like, my body is good. good." It's like a mind game, but I've noticed that it tracks with those with with how your mind is during your cycles. And back to having a family of all boys, um, I read this article that was using those four favorite four phases specifically for women in a career yeah uh, and and I guess you could use this staying at home too um because I've done that of uh actually for sure now that I'm saying it out loud absolutely of like packing your days with more events during certain weeks because you have more energy and like booking meetings that you have to have a really powerful voice at or make really hard decisions is one of the weeks. And so knowing all that, I I went out to my boys and I was like, there is one week a month that you guys can make fun of me because I will be in a good mood and won't care. And my husband goes, so our whole family has to like revolve (laughs) around your cycle. And I was like, yes, that's the the only girl in
2: this family. Right. And that's just like, like a a perfect world to me is when we adhere to our menstrual cycles and support them and support people who have them and making them like way better because I told I totally get that feeling like way more sexy and confident in your body and hopefully we can get to a place where like we just we feel that all the time but like it is easier when you are ovulating and you're like damn I'm
1: people yeah
2: it's interesting too how science does
1: work because when like you're supposed to feel sexy when you're ovulating because you you're you should like our bodies were designed to have a baby (laughs) like and that's that's the time that it's gonna happen right so yeah um so I'm gonna pull up the questions that people told me to ask you okay Um, Some of them we kind of already glanced on, but maybe you have more to say about it. Okay. So someone uh, said about perimenopause changes, I just learned that it can last 10 years before actual menopause. Is that true? And I'm going to add, what do we expect with perimenopause?
2: So I don't know a ton about perimenopause, but what I've heard is that that is probably true. And I would say... I used to know someone on Instagram who did perimenopause work. If I find them, I will email that to you because I don't want to answer and give a wrong answer uh, when I don't know. But I think just overall perimenopause and menopause and postmenopause, pretty much like when you're older, (laughs) that all needs to be studied way more and given way more attention than we're giving it. I mean, like periods get no attention, and then menopause gets less than that. So mm-hmm. this isn't an answer, but this is maybe a cry for av- like a cry for help.
1: <laughs> well, and maybe with social media and like um, uh, millennials aren't quite to that age yet, but Gen X maybe they'll be mo- a little bit more vocal, and that way that will help give us some more resources to to have. Um, Okay, and we kind of just touched on this, but someone asked, is depression only on your period
2: a thing? Yeah, so, okay, this is a good question because if you have depression – okay, let me start this over. It's normal to get a little more sad or just feel heavier emotions, but a twinge of it, like a little bit more on your period or right before your period, so the luteal phase – If you are noticing a cyclical effect where every luteal phase or into your period, so like if it's the week before your period and on your period or just like the week before your period or something like that, you feel like a drastic change in your emotions, like you are extremely depressed or you are super anxious or having suicidal thoughts or something like extreme rage, things like that, that could be PMDD. And that would be something that you would want to talk to a medical professional about. Um, And if you're also, if you're just feeling like, you know what, this is really bothering me that I'm feeling like even just a little bit more depressed when I'm on my period or something like that is something to also bring up to a medical professional or even like a functional doc, a medicine doctor or a natural path. Um, They tend to like do more obviously holistic work. Um, a, like a regular MD, they could also do great work too, but they also are a little harder to help you get to the root cause if that's something that you're looking for. Um, mm-hmm. because our periods, yes, they affect a little bit of our life every week. but if they're impacting our daily life to the point where it's making us really struggle, then we should not we should be seeing a professional about that.
1: What's PMDD?
2: Yeah, I need to look up the acronym again because, as I said, I was like, "Oh, I should say the actual word." <laughs> Sorry, my brain has just been all in period poverty recently. It's, um, <laughs> like I said, I was like hearing no, I about it. it today.
1: You, you, yeah, you take time. Look it up. It's
2: um, premenstrual dysphoric disorder. So it's pretty much like PMS on steroids, and they don't know the exact cause of PMDD and this is one theory. So this is a theory. This is not like the like I don't want to claim that this is what PMDD is caused by. But PMS is typically when hormones are imbalanced and it's causing your body to kind of stress out and your hormones are causing like you to be more fatigued or more irritable or things like that. And PMDD may be caused by kind of like an allergic reaction to your hormones. So it's not like your hormones are imbalanced, but that's that's a theory. Like I said, I don't want to say that is the cause. And there could be something coming out that's like totally the opposite of that or just like that's untrue. So, But I just found that really interesting that it's not really like PMS on steroids. It's just a different form that kind of acts like PMS. And a lot of the time, PMDD is misdiagnosed as bipolar disorder because – they it's like you're kind of okay for two weeks out of the month and then the other two weeks you experience like an extreme emotion or like it's like it's dysphoric so it's kind of like a euphoric but negatively and have like a really negative impact on your life
1: Hmm. oh that's interesting so interesting Okay, someone asked, um, I've been on birth control forever and it eliminates my periods completely. Is this a problem?
2: So the research says no, but that's not a problem. Um, other people in the period holistic health world will say that, like, we do want to be having some sort of bleed every month. Um, what's probably happening there, and, again, I would advise this person if they're super worried to see a medical professional about this. I'm not a doctor or anything, but... Uh, it's so just like what's probably happening is their endometrium, which is like their womb. That's their – okay. So you have like your uterus. And then the thing that bleeds out of the, your uterus is endometrial tissue. So their uterus mm-hmm. is probably just super, super thin. And it has nothing to bleed because of how their cycle has been like – gosh, what's the word? I cannot think of the word right now. Oh, Suppressed. Like their cycle has just been suppressed for so long that their uterus hasn't had a cycle, like it hasn't had any chance to grow to them be able to bleed. So that's probably why they haven't gotten their period. And the research on birth control typically says that that's okay. So I, but if they're worried, I would tell them to. I, I end everything with see a doctor because I'm not a medical yeah. professional and I don't want to be held liable reli- or liable for yeah. something. So. <laughs>
1: Um, so this person said, what's the normal amount of days you should be on your period and are tampons okay?
2: Yeah. Okay. This is a good question. So a normal length or a period is between three to seven days of bleeding. If you are bleeding less than that or if you are bleeding more than that, that would be a sign that you would want to see someone to talk about that because it could be over bleeding or under bleeding or something along those lines. And tampons, yeah, I use tampons. Um, If you're going to use a tampon and if you can afford them, I would suggest for a natural or a, like, organic cotton type of tampon. Not, like, no shame to Tampax or Kotex. And then maybe they have, a like, organic non-fragrance line. But usually the ones I have, like, that are deep in my backpack that I have for, like, years, (laughs) they smell and that can cause issues to – Not only like your cycle, but just your vagina and stuff like that. Um, So if I would – if you can afford it, I would use a more like non-toxic and no fragrance brand. Mm
1: -hmm. I did try a cup for about a year. But personally, I don't know if it's because I know this is a fact from my OB that my uterus is tilted Mm. from having my babies and never went back to normal. And so I think – I tried a cup, but I would always leak out. And, like, my friends who use the same cup didn't. And I do have a heavier period, but I really think it's just the way it was sitting in there. Like, it just – it leaked too much. And so um, that is not against Diva Cups or any sort of cups because if it works for you, fantastic. On my heavier days, it just didn't. And, again, I think it's because my uterus is all wonky. But um, but then as far as tampons go – um there's certain brands that work for me and there's certain brands that don't. Like there's – it's so interesting how like some of them flare out and some are just straight. And it's very – you kind of find the product that works for you. But um, I am very like cautious about wearing them at night. Is it bad to wear them overnight?
2: I never do either. I feel like that's something my mom told me not to do. So that, I, I think our year. mom did too. Yeah. Right.
1: So I don't know if that's, like, true or not because of toxic shock syndrome, right? Right. But,
2: I mean, when I wear them during the day, I wear them for, like, just as long <laughs> as I I, I know. But I'm just so more aware. True. We need
1: to find out if that's, like, a, like something they didn't know that they just passed down to us. Yeah. I need to know that because I usually, yeah, I'll change into a pad at night. Um, I
2: have friends who wear them at but night. I never thought... Of- Yeah, they, they, uh, I have a
0: question about the cup because I do the cup still, like Christina was talking about. But
1: is there, like, are you supposed to replace it ever? (laughs) I'll I'll answer just from the box. I think it says to replace it once a year, maybe.
2: Oh, I've heard 10 years, but that, that oh, okay, because
0: my, yeah, mine's been a few years, but and so I, and it's fine. I don't okay. know, Tinders
1: but it uh, makes more sense because that's the point of it, right? right. It's like
0: eco-friendly, right? Yeah, I watched your real Carolyn about the cup mm. and the disc and period underwear. Yeah, and I was, I got someone commented and was like, so, something like the cup made her pelvic floor shift or something. So now I'm afraid that that's gonna happen to me. <laughs> that is, but yeah. I've tried the disc and I feel like. The disc is just, like, harder for – like, the disc was always leaking for me.
1: Right. So I went and back the disc to the cup. hurt me. The dirt disc hurt me. I don't know, again, if it's my uterus problem, but I was like, ow. I, or maybe I didn't put it in right. Yeah. So it
0: is just interesting how everybody – it's just different for everybody.
2: I, I typically use period underwear pads and tampons. I have discs, and I wear them – I was, like, really into them a while ago, and now I am not so into them anymore. I I don't know. But, yeah, cups, I really don't like the suction feeling of cups. and
0: (laughs) I know. I saw that in your reel. (laughs) I know.
2: I'm, like, pretty vocal about it, and I'm like, (laughs) let me just, like, crap on cups. But, like, it's a personal (laughs) thing for me. But I have friends who – they – that's, like, all they wear. And I'm kind of jealous of them because it's such an easy product. That, well, not easy. I find it extremely hard to get in. I find it extremely hard to get out. The, like, twice <laughs> – like, the two times I've worn them, I had to call, like, my group chat of friends in, like, a panic. And, like, I cannot get this out. Like, I don't know what to do. Oh, my – Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: You're reminding me of one of my most embarrassing stories when I, I had – it was on my period when we, I went to the OB. Oh, yeah. And I'm – you guys, I usually had fingernails, but I had – I bite my fingernails, and so I didn't have fingernails, so I, like, couldn't get it out. And I know, I know now that you're – like, she could have taken it out for me right. to do the exam or whatever. Right. Um, but in the, I have a text thread with some of my friends and I was like, guys, I'm like sweating. In my mouth. <laughs> it's like, I can't get my cup out. I can't get my cup out. I'm like like sweating like squatting getting paper towels like trying and I'm like, this is so traumatic like oh my god and then I told my friend who she's a PA for OBs, and she was like next time just she'll take it out for you it's not yeah a big deal but I was like having the, a panic attack so that I could not get my cup out before my OB appointment
2: I two things on that one of my best friends is becoming a <laughs> midwife and she says the same thing like no one cares at all we've seen everything yeah. just ask them and when I was struggling getting my cup out and, like, all of my friends, they're so nice, they all called me and they walked me through it. But I was – my boyfriend's a nurse and I was about to be like, look, you ha- you got to come over. I really need your help getting this out. It won't be weird for you. Like, we have – like, he's a nurse and I'm into menstrual health. So we don't really have anything we don't talk about or <laughs> But I feel that pain. <laughs> needing to. Get to yes, it
1: was. I was seriously like, this is the worst. And of course, like I should have known like she does vagina stuff all the time. It's like, not a big deal. Right. Like she can suction it out. It's not a big deal. Um, let's see. Let me see if I wrote down any other questions. Oh, okay. I have two more questions. One is you glanced on this for a minute. Um, and I know like if someone went to a holistic, like functional doctor, they could talk about it too. But Do you find it better to eat certain foods at certain times of your cycle?
2: Yeah. That's a good question. This is a really good question. I'll answer this so honestly. When I was super obsessed with my, like, tracking my four phases and things like that, I was eating really on the point to, like, my four phases of the cycle. So pretty much, like, to kind of break that down – In the traditional Chinese medicine sense, which I'm like not a traditional Chinese medicine, I don't even really study it, but I've read enough things that this is very coherent or uh, consistent in this work. Um, So I encourage someone to like Google this and kind of do research on it as well, is to pretty much like eat colder, more fresh foods in the beginning of your cycle or in your follicular and ovulatory phase. So it's like right after your period and when you're ovulating. And then kind of like think spring and summer. Like we, we have more, at least I, I eat very seasonally as well. So like I have more salads in the spring and more like fresh fruits mm-hmm. and fresh, like kind of less cooked, like some more sauteed vegetables, things like that in the spring and summer. And then as your cycle progresses towards your luteal phase, think of that as more like fall time. And so then in your luteal phase, think of that more as fall time. So like more cooked foods as in like chilies and soups and then carry that into your menstrual phase. And your menstrual phase, I think a lot of people just naturally or maybe they've heard it a few times like eat more meat, like I think a lot of people are like oh I want a burger cuz I'm losing iron and things like that. But just whatever you're like kind of initially craving is probably something that would be helpful for your body to have as in terms of like soups. Mm. So if you follow closely on my Instagram stories, Um, I post religious, not religiously, but I post often about this one Thai food restaurant in my neighborhood because they have the world's best curry. And I started getting the curry on my period every month to the point where like, I think I've gotten like a bunch of people that live in Minneapolis where (laughs) I live to start going there. And that's good because I (laughs) I moved away for a few months and I was like, if this thing closes down, I don't know what I'm gonna do. So I eat like now – I'm not as obsessed with eating as closely to my menstrual cycle as I was when I first went off birth control and really got into it. Um, But I still think about it a lot, and I kind of just eat more to the season that I'm in. So it's winter, so I'm eating just like naturally a lot of soups and things. But I will go out of my way to get curry when I'm on my period um, from that one Thai food restaurant. That's close to me.
0: Mm. And I kind of want to get back. Now I want curry. Yeah,
2: it's (laughs) so good. And I want to get back into eating a little bit more um, in tune with my menstrual cycle. Um, I think it was a good transition for me to kind of go from – I never was like a big dieter, but just like kind of always like in my mental sphere was diets. And that was a good transition for me to go from like – I don't need to diet, but having kind of a more like more guidelines of what to eat for my cycle. And then I've kind of mm-hmm. kept transitioning out of that where I don't want to be as rigid anymore to feeling just more free with what I'm eating. I just put that together just now. as <laughs> like, why um, am I not as, as into it? And a lot of things is like I got really busy with grad school and moving and job stuff. Um, but also I think. Coming from, like, a culture of lots of dieting around me all the time and not wanting to do that but not knowing what to do and then having, like, oh, Mm -hmm. well, I can just, like, tailor my food to my menstrual cycle. That's an easy gateway into having more food freedom for me.
1: Mm-hmm. 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 And I like you. T- you said it. You said, um, you know, what your body is craving is probably what it needs. Right? Is. Yes. Um, which I I think people probably do. I know that I did my body a disservice by not eating during certain times, where people are probably like, "No, I need to stick to my diet" or whatever they're doing, and it's like well, your body's craving this mm-hmm. for a reason. Like, and you said So I love the idea too of just like being. I think part of the reason I'm so interested in all of this. Um, period wellness or menstrual health is like it's uh something that people always tell you is like listen to your body and what the thing about when you have a mental so my mental health issue is something with my body Mm. right and so the counselors tell you you can't listen to your body because your your body doesn't talk right to you Mm. right like there's a disconnect there where it's lying to you and there's body dysmorphia but so I think I find power in having like the menstrual health of real. I do think that's listening to your body. Right. I think that your 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 menstrual cycle. Jenny and I were just uh, talking about nature when we were walking in a field and said like it's so interesting <laughs> how nature just does what it needs to do, no matter like COVID was going on and all of these things, and you know the world is kind of going all over the place, but nature just does its thing. It just mm-hmm. keeps doing doing its thing natural patterns, the seasons still come, like you're talking. And so thinking of that, like, if I, if I pay attention to my menstrual cycles, all four phases or phases, um, that is listening to my body in a way. And so I think that that gives me a little bit more power of like, my mind might disconnect from, um, my body, but my menstrual cycle can't. And so if I can listen to that, that will give me a little bit more power. And, So when my body's telling me, like, no, you need a big cheeseburger right now. Like, I need a big cheeseburger right now (laughs) for a reason. Um, And so I love the idea of really being in tune with that. Yeah. And listening to it. But not obsessing over it, like you're talking about, but, like, just listening.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Letting it be your guide.
2: Yeah, for sure. And I feel like I had – because I kind of disconnected for a little bit, like about a year ago, I had a cyst that an ovarian cyst, it's called a corpus luteum hemorrhagicum or hemorrhage or something like that. Um, It's not the word hemorrhage. It's like a, a fancy way of saying it hemorrhaged. But pretty much like the the like a little cysts sometimes are kind of forms. I'm probably like, it's probably a better way to say this. But when you ovulate, like something kind of that's like a ball that explodes and the egg explodes into your ovary or it's picked up by your ovary. I'm not saying this to the T, like the level of detail that if an MD or OB was like listening, they'd be like, what? <laughs> <laughs> that's why I'm kind of stuttering my words. I'm like, oh my God, I'm not as detailed as I should be about this. But anyway, pretty much something happened when I ovulated that like really hurt and I had a, a hemorrhage. And since that, I kind of disconnected from my body because I had so much pain because from my menstrual cycle, really not my body. So I love that you're saying about – you're reminding me to connect more with my cycle because I – especially when I started getting into this um, work in a deeper way and understanding the science, I felt like I finally was starting to understand myself in a deeper way because I was like – this is such a big part of me, a part of every person I know who has a menstrual cycle, but we're told to like discredit it. We're told not to think about it. We're told if we have a good problem, a lot of times we're told to go on hormonal birth control to just suppress it and not think about it, which, you know, that's okay. At some points in our life, sometimes we need to suppress our cycle, but you're so right about having the connection piece to it. And it's such a beautiful thing that we have. It's like, I, I know it can really suck for a lot of people, but it's to me, it's such a gift to have something inside of me that I'm like, this has always happened. like something's always going on with my cycle. Uh, like not just like something painful, but like, Oh, I'm in my luteal phase. I'm in my ovulatory phase or I'm bleeding and uh, keeps me so much more grounded now that I even know more about it. Even when I was disconnected from it, um, I started to feel a lot better when I was just thinking about like what phase I'm in and how I can be connected to it. Jenny, I
1: feel I like you that. could tie all of this back to your journaling. <laughs> like, you're. What phase are you in? How could this – help make you yes. Jenny's yes. morning morning journaling oh for sure well I just um okay like especially just
0: listening to you both like that's so beautiful and it's almost like this whole conversation has been like our bodies have known what to do our bodies know and we have to like untangle what society and culture and everything has told us about not only our cycles but Like you brought up dieting and like it's shameful what we eat, like tell it, starve your body or, you know, just about how we can care for our bodies and our bodies know and our bodies crave things and we don't have to attach judgment to, you know, what we're eating or how much or um, what our bodies need at that time. But just by like leaning in and listening and following that rhythm and not like, being obsessive or going crazy, but just like the openness of listening to your body mm-hmm. that your body really does know what mm-hmm. to do. And,
1: and with those phases too, there are certain, at least from what I was reading, there's certain phases, phases that you, it's good like to go for a longer run or, you know, yeah. like, if you're, you are into exercise, like there's, there's phases for that. And there's also a phase where you need to rest. Right. So like, I think that's really important too. I think We, women in general, we just overwork ourselves in so many ways, Um, you know, emotionally, work, actual workload, and then um, physically, I think that we exhaust ourselves. And so I think knowing what to expect in each phase for you personally, like, well, I just think helps mental health overall.
2: A hundred percent. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Totally agree with you.
1: Do you have one benefit to being in this generation that the people before us didn't have are the cycle
2: apps.
1: Yeah. Um I think I would be lost on tracking my cycle if it weren't for the app that I use. So I was wondering if you use an app and if so what's your favorite app? Yeah,
2: I use an app. Uh so I use the Fem app. That's F E M M. And I will say that app is really I think probably the most helpful for you if you know what Fem is and if you either have an understanding of cervical mucus, or you're working with someone who's teaching you. So the reason why I also really like that app is because it does not predict anything for you. Something I'm kind of vocal about on Instagram, especially if you're someone who's coming off of birth control, and wanting to track your cycle, and like, oh, great, I'm going to use an app. That's cool. You can use an app to like help you keep track of like literally where you're at. But If an app is predicting when you're going to ovulate, I would not use that as true information. (laughs) Like, Yes. um, So I use the FEM app. That's F-E-M-M. And that's where you can track your cervical mucus and temperature and LH testing because that's what uh, FEM primarily teaches how to track. And I'm trying to think. I used to use... um, I used to use Alyssa Viddy's app when I was really uh, – she's not like my favorite. I, I keep referencing her books. It's just like it's a good place to get started. I wouldn't say like she's like my number one favorite period author. Um, but she has an app. That I think it's called Flow Living. Uh, yeah. I th- I'll, I'll look that up or something. And then um, Clue also has an app uh, like CL – yes. Okay. And I think both – Clue and a list of videos, correct me if I'm wrong about Clue, but they do predict your cycle. Like they predict when you're going to ovulate and things like that, which I'm like against. Mm-hmm. But like if you're just using it to like, just have it tracked and you're mm-hmm. not like gonna use the- Not like family. Can thing. I tell right. you
1: the stupidest reason why I chose oh, Clue over the other Go apps. for it. <laughs> because it, you get to put in a special phrase that it texts you- the week, like, a couple days before your period that tells you. <laughs> so it's, like, mine says, like, buy extra chocolate. and, <laughs> and Like, so I love that. But yeah, I'm that's such, awesome. a, like, a gimmicky, like, marketing person. But I will say this. The app, um, and I've used several different apps. Um, I agree with you to not use that as, like, your birth control yeah. or what the calendar says because my, I do know about discharge and, like, the differences in it which I, just like Jenny, I did not learn that till after. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because it's like that that should have been used. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but so the, um, because it's usually about, it's, it's, it's close ish, but, but it, if I was a teenager or in my early twenties and didn't know, or however old you are and don't know about your period, um, like, you might be off, and that's you know there's a three to five day window or whatever, so mm-hmm. right that could that could not be used in your favor. If you
2: don't want kids, don't use the app as birth <laughs> control, but definitely use it if you're just uh-huh. like, well, I just want to have somewhere in my phone that tells me when my period is and maybe when it's gonna come again. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. why I
0: that's I I use Flow, but I don't know if it's if it's the same Flow that you're talking about. But mine was mostly so I could monitor my mental (laughs) stability and like match it up like oh yeah okay that's where I am in my cycle but yeah I don't I could see how using just like the app (laughs) to not get pregnant could be very dangerous
2: yes (laughs) well it's good that I um I'm downloading that app yeah yeah I like it a lot it works especially I know like the um like the organization and how they track things. So, it was helpful for me to just like slide into mm-hmm. the app really well. But um I think I've heard good things about Clue. I've heard good things about Flow. Is Flow the one that just like comes on the iPhone or there's a No, I
0: have started to use that. That's just like in the health app. You oh, can yeah. also check your periods now cuz Flow like Oh yeah. Flow is probably it's like F L O, I think. And yeah, it's yes. it's pretty extensive, probably for more than I need it. So I'm not using it as much anymore. Um, but yeah, that's where you could you can track like everything, and they actually have really helpful like chats. I, I'm sure it's bots chatting with you, but like all about your period and like what's happening that yeah. day and they, that. Is, I can see how that's really helpful for some people.
1: So we're going to tell, we told everybody at the beginning of the podcast where to find you, where they can follow you. Um, Before we go, when, like, I I guess it it ranges for each family, but if someone listening, we already talked about the boys in the family, right? But someone listening has a daughter, like, when do you suggest um, starting that conversation of what it's going to look like for their body? and do you provide resources for them for that
2: yeah great question um i would say i have like a two part answer one it's never too early so like if your toddlers coming into the bathroom with you every minute and you're changing your tampon and they're like what's that tell them <laughs> what it is or um, if you are like if you're two dads or like you don't have a mom and you don't know how to talk to your daughter about mm. or you you're talking to her about it, but you want it to come from someone else. Like you can ask a friend who has a period to just like casually bring it up when they're around like, Oh, I'm on my period today. I'm about to get my period and kind of bring that up. So my first answer is it's never too early. And then I would say like, if you're like, no, I wouldn't have had like the talk, um, like mid elementary school, like third grade, fourth grade. Um, that's, about when they're going to get it, if they get it in schools too. I think kind of in schools, it ranges between like fourth through like sixth grade. I'm in the Midwest. I don't know. I went to a middle school, not like a junior high, but um, that's kind of like when the most talks are. Uh, And also kids are getting their periods younger now. So having it earlier when they can kind of understand like what it actually is and so, you know, toddler like asking what's that blood coming out of you. <laughs> um, <laughs> when you think like your kid is old enough to just like kind of understand what's going to happen. Like you're going to get a period. It's going to be this it's, it's coming out of here. It's okay. It's normal. Like half the population gets them. Um, start talking about like third ish grade, uh, fourth grade to like kind of like, mid to late elementary school. And yes, I'm doing a period, we call it the period talk. I do it with a girlfriend of mine who has a great company called Bloody Awesome. She does a little bit of education with me and she also sells these uh, period boxes or they period parties in a box. So oh. tiny backstory on that. She um, had a period party when she was really young where her mom and like her mom's friend like just threw this big party when she got her her and her friends got their periods, and so now she kind of sells like period parties and educational things in a box, and she's awesome. So check out her play page; it's um, bloody awesome. And Jenny, we're gonna. You release... And I need to
1: find some teenage girls we can. Throw yes, a <laughs> <in
2: place. laughs> do a period party. <laughs> yes, uh, so we're gonna host another class. We're gonna do another. We did it on Zoom. We're gonna do it on Zoom again. Um, I think later in February. So just follow me on at Period Wellness on Instagram. I'll post about it there. And then also uh, Bloody Awesome on Instagram as well. And then, yeah, so we're going to do another Zoom class. And if you're local to the Twin Cities, we're going to have a lot of in-person – or I'm going to have a lot. I don't know. We might do it together uh, with in-person stuff coming as well. So, yeah. That's That's awesome.
1: Well, thanks so much for coming on we appreciate Thank it. It was you. so educational even for us who are in our thirties. So Yes, you're doing awesome work.
0: Good job. Thank mm-hmm. you. Thank mm-hmm. you so and much for having really me. Fun follow,
1: so. yes. You're welcome. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs> okay. I Jenny, how long well I need have to tell the backstory out. of
0: like how that. yes, that's what I was just gonna say of Okay. You were chatting with Carolyn, I think on the Small Business Sisters Instagram. And then Uh called me. I think I was working at the shop or something. You are like, I have this girl. We're going to talk about periods (laughs) and how we work on our periods. And you were like so excited. And I was like, okay. (laughs) And then a couple days ago, you sent Ellie and I all these articles about periods. I can't remember if it was Carolyn's stuff, but Ellie was like, separately. So he was like, what is this? I was like, well, we're having this girl on the <laughs> podcast talk what, about periods. I know, it's in like, chat, I love In the chat, Ellie this. goes, you are is so this pumped. more of the periods stuff? <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I got from, all like, even this with you, like, this is, there should be no stigma about, like, talking about periods. Like, it's mm-hmm. just part of,
1: us as females. Yes. And we yeah. should like talk about it. I feel like that is like the perfect representation, though, of our three personalities. Of, like, <laughs> I. I when I am like on fire about something, everyone's gonna hear about it. Like, yep. there's it, there's just no holding it in. I got to tell somebody, and my people <laughs> or my sisters, and not just I'm like tell us a little sisters.
0: synopsis. We
1: will get articles, TikToks, get all the stories, articles, all the TikTok, yes, polls, everything that I've seen about this subject. Whole, yeah. You will get, and Jenny's always just like okay, and like hearts it, and I'm yeah, always the one who's like,
2: now is what that, is like, this?
1: Are again? we gonna get more of this? <laughs> I'm not. This is inundating my text message thread. Oh, and I'm okay I plug.
0: love it. That You're right. That does show us. All. But that was re- good job. Do- good. Thank you for finding her. And yes. thank you to well, Carolyn for like, all the work she's doing.
1: Exactly. And just all this stuff about um, period poverty, which I'm so glad we touched on, is like our podcast is a free resource. So, Just, like, her page and, like, that being out there for women and girls and teenagers, you never know. Like, I don't know that they're looking up small business sisters as (laughs) teens. But but you never know who's going to listen to it and need it and need to feel like – I about, like, my jaw was on the floor, which, again, I just know – I know I come from a family that I had a mom who was very involved um, as far as, like, education about that stuff – and I, my mouth was to my computer screen when she said that that girl was told that she like the discharge in her underwear was wrong and like shameful. Like that, to me, just like breaks my heart that there's you know that's actively happening. And whether that mom believes that or not, or she's just like telling her kid that, like I just, well, that makes me so sad. And I hope that there's more resources that can get to those people. And then of course, my history with. Um, heavy periods, like, I really hope schools can start funding the ability to have products within the schools.
0: Yeah, and even if, like you said, that even if the teens aren't listening to small business sisters, I think <laughs> even just for me as, you know, like, a middle-aged white woman, I hope most of our lister- listeners hear, like, I just wasn't even aware. So, like, I have sons. I again, like, able to provide myself with period materials. And so it just opens my eyes to how maybe there are girls in my community that can't and just to to be a resource for them. And so I think the more we bring awareness and knowledge that to us and our core listeners, like, that will still be helpful to the communities that we're in and the girls that
1: we have connection with if you love the podcast we would love if you'd subscribe and leave us a review every positive review helps other small business owners to find us remember don't do life alone we're better together
0: for more content go follow us on instagram at underscore small business sisters make sure to introduce yourself because we love following and supporting other small businesses and if you're interested in being a guest or advertising with us on the podcast visit smallbusinesssisterspodcast.com.